small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. I'm Mike Siegel. I am Paul Gilmartin. <laughs> I said I was going to introduce you. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my guitar solo list. <laughs> Joining us today in the guest uh, in the guest seat, he hasn't been here since May of 2015 when we recorded an episode called The Mental Illness Music Hour. You heard his voice already. Please welcome Paul Gilmartin. Paul, how are you doing? I'm not going to talk now. It's been six years? <laughs> That's six amazing. Years. That, was that when we recorded on Ventura Boulevard? Yeah. 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 yeah I, Just in the, I sat in, in on that one, too. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. And Kyle was there, too. I played uh, I played Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix. How do you remember that? I don't need, I don't That's remember. That's the old <laughs> remember. Somebody I, had to have picked I don't like Mondays. Yeah, and I probably played Psychotherapy by the Ramones. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. guessing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Paul Gilmartin, I uh, helped a friend uh, uh how do I say it? it's a, it's a friend of ours. Uh, they're moving and her husband needed uh help doing uh, putting some stuff together yesterday so i was putting stuff together and he's like how's the podcast going i'm like good i'm gonna record tomorrow who are you recording with i said mike siegel he fell asleep then i said <laughs> uh, then i said uh and uh and my friend paul gilmartin and he like stopped in his tracks and he's like paul paul gilmartin from the mental illness happy hour i go yeah you know him <laughs> <laughs> i said yeah like for 30 years he's like Oh my God. He like, I'm like, oh no. I go, and then he ushered you out the door. <laughs> and I just go, that guy is the worst. <laughs> I go, he couldn't believe it. I go, well, he's just, he's stupid. I said, yeah. he's just a yeah. stupid guy. Yeah. He's a jackass <laughs> was, that tells dick jokes. It's so funny though, but he, uh, yeah, he loves your podcast. Oh, and that's great. And uh, Ezra's friends uh, in high school and college, they listen to your podcast too. Like Ezra's like, they asked me, do you know Paul Gilmartin? And I said, I said, you've met him. He's been here before. <laughs> I don't even remember. He bored you. You don't remember that? <laughs> uh, she compartmentalized her. Yeah, yes. <laughs> they compartmentalized. Remember the guy with the rambling story by the pool, that one barbecue? <laughs> you fell well, asleep. That, we rescued you. That we pumped been, the water out of your lungs. Let's be honest. That could have been anyone, though. That's Mike, true. That is with true. With a rambling story. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul, how's the podcast going? It's very popular. Uh, it's going okay. It's going okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, it's all over. It's done. <laughs> Nobody's going to advertise, you know. Everyone needed the content. Going to be under the bridge. Uh, but no, it's hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, the thing about your show is, you know, I, I don't want to say misery loves company, but if you listen to your show and you hear people that have you know, a problem mm-hmm. you have, and then you hear, and you go, oh, other people have this. Yes. Oh. That's why I started it. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was in the worst of my depression and suicidal ideation, I thought I was the only one. I mm-hmm. thought it was unique to me and my situation. And uh, after I started getting help, I was like, wow, there are so many of us. And it's so comforting mm-hmm. to be able to laugh about it, you yeah. know, and cry about it and, and, and bond over it. It's, uh, it's a, uh, it's a club with a, uh, very expensive <laughs> price of admission, yeah. but yeah. 
Yeah, it's it gives my life uh, a sense of meaning and purpose to to do it because it, it has to help you too uh, oh, get absolutely. through things. Absolutely, yeah. Like you might say, I'm pretty bad, and then you talk to one of your guests, and you're like, Oh, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, how many years now? It's been like twelve. Uh, we're in the eleventh season. Yeah. So we, yeah, we started in March of uh, 2011. We are all podcast pioneers. I'm. This is my eleventh year. How many years have you been doing? About yours? ten. About, About 10. ten. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I'm, and it I is. remember feeling like I got in late on the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought I was the last one of my friends to to do one. Yeah. Now everyone has one. Now TV stars yeah. have to have one. <laughs> now my dry cleaner has one. Yeah. Oh, you need to, Mike. You need to listen you to my, my dry podcast. Yeah, my podcast. It's called Dry Clean <laughs> with Ramin. <laughs> what country is he from? I don't know. Who's I don't even guy? know why I'm doing a voice. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so today we've been talking about this uh, topic for a long time. We're going to do guitar solos. Play our favorite guitar solos. Paul has brought an amp. And a guitar. Mm-hmm. Brought your axe. How many, how many guitars are you up to now? Uh, I don't know, maybe 10. But, you know, each one is a, kind of serves a different purpose. About half of them are acoustic. Half of them are uh, electric. And, and some of them are for uh, collectability. A couple of them are for collectability. They're, um, you know, have you ever heard of Paul Reed Smith guitars? No, I have not. Um, his he started making them in 1985. That's who uh, Santana plays. Um, a couple other uh, uh, guitarists are uh, Paul Reed Smith guys. Uh, but I just thought they were awesome guitars, and it was too expensive to get a vintage Gibson or, yeah. or Fender back then and today. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, if I, you know, I can get him for pawn shop prices. His first and second year one. So yeah. I just started scouring. Um, vintage guitar magazines and started collecting them and, I, and I've kept two that are from the first uh, couple hundred guitars that he made. Do you hang them on the wall as art or are they just no, in cases? Not, the, the, those are in cases. The other, the other guitars I have I just uh, keep on the wall mostly for just accessibility. I can walk mm-hmm. into the room and, and grab one and play it. And to impress the chicks. Impress and the to chicks. impress the chicks. And uh, <laughs> Now, Mike Siegel and I, we both have guitars. Yeah, I, I got one in the old uh, guitar ghetto up by the, uh, the what's the Sunset Grill? What's the uh, the comedy? Not the comedy. The guitar, the guitar Center. Guitar Center. Yes. Yeah. The Guitar Center. The comedy store. The comedy what center. Uh, but yeah, I used to live in that neighborhood and it's like, uh, you know, went through a breakup and was like, I'm going to learn guitar. And did you and, learn? Uh, no. <laughs> I was like, this is hard, and it takes discipline and effort. And I was yep. like, nuts to that. Yep. Uh, the the learning going- curve for it yep. is, is really Aww. steep. You have, to, you have to be an isolator and just a fear of human interaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have all that. Yeah. I, just, uh, you know, I just didn't have I the... I just don't uh, have the musical just, skills. Yeah, that. Yes. And it was never good. Like, I played drums as a kid in like junior high. Uh-huh. And then also trombone. I started with trombone. Anything that I didn't have to move my fingers, I just mm. wasn't... Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it. Yeah. Couldn't get it. It was never, and that never changed. How apparently. were you at finger blasting? Great. Yeah. Great. Oddly enough, great. Yeah. I got a guitar with the left, yeah. but not, not with the right. Not with the right. I got a car just a guitar just a few years ago, seventeen, and uh, for my fortieth birthday. And I've ne- yeah, I've never learned. It's I like looking at them though. I like playing with it. I like, I like picking just, it up and just strumming yeah, around, just watching TV and just kind of Pre- fiddling with it, pretending like you know. Right. But I, Paul, are I, I you- got a keyboard uh, twenty years ago, and I. I and now you tour with Asia. I can't. 
I cannot play a, a single chord. You never learned piano or anything like that. You know, told myself I was going to try. Sure. And just cannot. And, and you need get people that are listening need to know that when Gil Martin says he's going to try, he goes all in. He probably has a baby grand at his house. Yeah, it's a Steinway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, a Kurzweil uh, keyboard, and but that's as, as now, deep as I ever got. W- with you and playing guitar, Paul, can you just hear something and you go, oh, that's a, that's a G E. Okay, oh yeah, and you can just pick it up. It's like uh, natural for you. Um, not without the guitar in my hand. Uh-huh. With the guitar in my hand, I can usually within a minute or so figure out what key it is and maybe what scale. But it, it takes some some fucking around and a lot of sour notes to figure it out, and then <laughs> yeah. and then I can kind of uh, dial in on it. But for me, it's it's all about. Um, the the chord changes because that's what you play mm-hmm. off of that's kind of the conversation that you that you add to I sent you some stuff and there's a uh, a solo um, that that I did over a Christina Aguilara song not a fan of her stuff at all mm-hmm. not even that big of a fan of the song um, but I heard the chord changes in it and I was like I hear a solo in there and so what i'll do sometimes is i'll import a song into pro tools and then i'll just you know to amuse myself i'll just uh try to find a solo that i think goes with it that's incredible that's i mean that's incredible as someone who plays guitar though i mean when you think of what's a good solo does that mean like you're hearing it you know like chord changes and Mm -hmm. and things like that from the start to the beginning, should it take you on some kind of journey, or do people do you do you hear solos just, and go, "This guy tried to cram too many notes oh, in one"? Definitely, definitely, <laughs> I, I I hear that. But the solos that I like, there there's a um, something to the melody and the way that they play the notes. Um, you know, there's a cliche in in guitar. It's n- it's not how many notes you play; it's the notes you play. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, Ingve Malmsteen is a perfect example of Noodling. a guy who is, is just he sounds like he's playing a scale that he practiced a thousand times. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> not just a fan. To that to me, that it's is garbage. Tor- torture. It's, bull- it's bullshit. Torture li- listening to that. <laughs> and then you got a guy like David Gilmour, who is probably one of the you know quote unquote slowest guitarists, mm-hmm. but one of the most melodic and moving lead guitarists. You know, he's definitely in my probably my top three of of guitarists that I love. Let's hear a little bit of Genie in the Bottle with Paul on guitar because you did bring it up. So, and I have it queued up. So here we go. Now, Paul, you, your girlfriend came today. Her name's Christina. Was that Christina Aguilar? That was, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She dyed her hair dark. <laughs> uh, that sounded great. I mean, I, it, I would have just thought that was in the song. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good pop tune. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not tune. a fan of hers either. But yeah. that, I, when that comes on, I'll, I'll, I'll sing along with it. It's well, catchy. When, it's when catchy you meet her at the pool, tell her that you're a oh, big yeah, fan. All right. <laughs> Don't embarrass us. Uh, that was great. Thanks. Here's a, you sent me this too. I like this a lot. This was a February day. This is Paul Gilmartin. Mm-hmm. 
Acoustic, obviously. See, I know guitars. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, me too. Call this boner day. <laughs> this is a subby place when the ladies come over. Just sure. The, the fire's going. and Good hey, stuff. Just, oh, what's this on the ground? A guitar? And, and then Bluto grabs his guitar. <laughs> 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 all right. So we, we uh, now Paul, your list was a, a lot longer than all of ours. So, mm-hmm. but, and you can call out in any order, any song you want to hear as okay. we, as we go along. Uh, and Mike, you you kept, I went you, more you, classic. I mean, I, yeah. I, I had some big names. I'm sure we had a lot of the same people. But uh, now here's the thing about Paul Gilmartin. I I have a, I like a lot of music that Paul Gilmartin does not like. So I have. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Sammy Hagar now? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some of those bands on my list today because I'm hoping that maybe you can maybe not like the band and maybe not like the song, but maybe right. you'll appreciate the guitar solo. Yes, and we'll see. And you and. I know you'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So, Paul, let's start with you since you're the guest. What's the first guitar solo you want to play for the people? Um, I want to pick this one because 99% of the people listening have never heard it. And it's uh, it's Earthquake by by Jeff Beck. And it's really out there. And uh, I think Jeff Beck is definitely a guitarist guitarist i've seen him three times and uh, one of the times i i had backstage passes and um all the guitars come out to see him when when <laughs> when he performs so you know you mean all the professional guitarists <laughs> yes, yeah. I did not make, mean to make it sound like I, I was one of them. You I was pompous. No, I, I did not consider. I was. You know, I us play, guitarists, we come out. All the guitarists go. No, no, I play hockey with the guy who was backstage security. So that's who I was. Was a you know a mediocre hockey player in a high visibility jacket. Yeah, but it was uh, like Eddie Van Halen, Brian Setzer. Wow. You know, those guys were yeah. were milling around. Um, and and that that is he is he has pushed the boundaries of guitar I think further even further than Jimi Hendrix uh, did. And there's a good documentary about him too on Netflix. Yes. Watch that; that's really good. Yeah. Now, this song it was difficult for me to find the solo because it's just so. I just I hope I think I found the right spot. Let's okay. find out. Earthquake is it instrumental. It's it has uh, a little, there's a little bit of vocal in it, but it's mostly instrumental. Yeah. It's got a weird time signature, too. All right, here we go. Earthquake from the year 2000. Pause it for a second. One of the things that he's doing right there, he's playing chords, and he's getting vibrato in chords. That's fucking crazy (laughs) that means that you are shaking all six strings or however many that you're that you're playing one of the things that he he uses a whammy bar in a way that a lot of people don't he sets his guitar up in in such a way normally with the with a whammy bar when you push the whammy bar down it loosens the string and the pitch drops okay he has his whammy bar set up so that he can pull it up or down 
So he can go, you know, probably uh, a whole note or a half note in either direction. And he's so good at the vibrato on it, he can be milking it while he's playing. <laughs> and that's how he's getting, I think, this sound of this vibrato while he's playing chords. Wow, I mean, crazy. I, I get I, my the hair on my balls stands up every time I hear it. And is this the kind of stuff you would talk about with guitarists backstage at the Jeff Beck show? With I mean, the other guitarists? Eddie, Eddie and I talked about it for a while. <laughs> Eddie, but Eddie, Eddie said, Eli. listen, I want to pick your brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little bit more. Here, a little bit more. That was not that was not the lead. It wasn't? No. It's where the all of a sudden the, it just all sounds crazy to me. I didn't know where to find it. I'm gonna jump. This is it. Okay. Yeah. Is he doing this with a guitar? No, this is it. Oh there it is. And then did Ingve Malmsteen park his car for him? Yes. <laughs> he just threw his keys to Ingve. It's crazy. It's, it. This is what I kind I of can't. found with like of all those early um, Yardbirds guys, like Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy mm -hmm. Page. Like Jeff Beck is the one that other musicians more flock to than the other two. I even though maybe so. the other two were more successful. Yes, quote unquote. Yeah. And and uh, I I think one of the reasons is Eric Clapton and and Jimmy Page both came out of the blues influenced uh, kind yeah. of school of guitar, which to guitarists, you know, it's great, it's fine, but it's kind of a well worn path. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jeff Beck is just pushing the the, the boundaries of uh, an innovator, an innovator, absolute innovator, and. Not just like huge, crazy sounds, but have you ever heard his cover of A Day in the Life by the Beatles? Yes, I have. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. so subtle. Yeah. And um, watch yeah. that documentary, people listening in Siegel. Watch the Jeff Beck documentary. Okay. That's I will. really good. Yeah. All right, Siegel, you're up. What do you got? Oh, well, I, I figured Eddie Van Halen was going to be uh, coming around. And oh, no, oh, well, I'm going to go first, go to Prince. Okay. There's a guy that. Uh, that a lot of people didn't think of as a as a like a guitar, and the, I just brought in a piece. There's a million of pieces of prints that you could bring mm -hmm. in that you just wailing on the guitar and then online live stuff. It's really my, while my guitar gently weeps. Oh, really? Yeah. That stuff, and and I just found one from um, the concerts he did when he did those 21 concerts at the Forum before yeah. they were gonna when they were gonna tear it down, and it was just incredible. Just just yeah. the little bootleg version, but uh, this is the first time I really and most of us even thought of him as a guitar player. Mm -hmm. We thought he was like a Midget. little soul guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Controversy and little little red Corvette. And mm -hmm. then this song comes out on Purple Rain. And, well, this is probably his best known solo. It's the end of uh, Let's Go Crazy. Here we go.
I'm always so impressed by guitarists that can also sing great, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. To, to play guitar that well takes a, a lifetime <laughs> of just focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's... um. Yeah, that one was one. Until that song, until I saw him do that, I was just like, oh, that guitar is just a prop while he sings 1999 <laughs> before that. You That's know, a cardboard guitar. Yeah, he's not really. He's yeah. just strumming it. You know, oh, yeah, he can he can play that thing. Yeah, when I saw Prince at the Staples Center, like he made it a point to continue to say throughout the show that this is live. We're playing live. There's no there's backing no tracks. tracks and, there's no nothing. There's no drum machine. Oh, the band was amazing. Yeah. All his bands are always great. Yeah. yeah. And they have like a set list, but then those songs could be, Little Red Corvette could be 12 minutes. You oh, don't sure. know what, because they, uh, they just jam. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take it on the mellow side right now. We're going to go with a song from Carly Simon. This is You're So Vain. The solo is done by Jimmy Ryan. You probably listen to this song and don't even realize there's a solo in the song You're So Vain. Is he a big session guy? Was he like a big I think, LA session guy? I think he guy? probably is a big session guy. When I talked to him backstage, <laughs> <laughs> he told me, he said, you're more of a session guy than I am. <laughs> I mean, you've worked with Christina Aguilera. <laughs> There's Mick. Now, did you even remember right. that there's a solo in that song? Not until no. you played it, and then I remembered yeah. it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how great that is, and, <laughs> and was such a great example of of it's, it's not a lot of notes, not a lot of enough. notes, but it's serving the song. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, excellent, excellent pick, Pat. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Gilly, back to your uh, thirty song list. <laughs> um. Yeah, this one is definitely out there, too. But I kept hearing Jeff Beck talk about this guy named Django Reinhardt, who was kind of the godfather of gypsy music. And he died in 1950. So a lot of his recordings are not the greatest audio quality. But when you consider the fact, you got time for a story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he what, would, a story or one of your stories? <laughs> I'm backstage with Django Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw Jeff Beck. Uh, he was already a great guitarist by the time he was 18 and he lived in a, uh, gypsy camp. They would just travel all over the place. And one night the, uh, trailer wagon, you know, he was staying and caught fire and his, he was severely burned and the fingers on his fretting hand kind of melted and he was left with only the use of his middle finger and his index finger. For a guitarist, that's like a death sentence. Yeah. He somehow taught himself to play guitar with two fingers. And you know the story about Tony Iommi, right? Yeah, he the, wears like two little metal pieces on the tips right. of his fingers. Yeah, his last day on the job at a sheet metal factory, uh, wasn't paying attention, cutter comes down, lops off the tips of his, his fingers. His he cock. thought, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he thought, I'm done. His foreman comes over the next day, says, I want you to listen to something, puts on an album, what do you think? He's like, it's great. What's your point? This is a guy named Django Reinhardt. He has two fingers. Uh, and Tony Allen was like, 
wow, if that guy can make that much music with two fingers, there's got to be something I could do. So he came up with this invention of putting these tips on his fingers. But if the guitar was in standard tuning, the the strings were too tight and Mm. his fingers would bleed. So he dropped the tuning down, slacked the strings, which gave it a deeper sound and gave birth to the sound of heavy metal. Wow. now, I mean, not to be outdone, but have you heard about the drummer from Def Leppard? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's fucking amazing. That's fucking. But this is a song called Limehouse Blues. Django Reinhardt. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie about him. It's, he's unchained. <laughs> Sean Penn played him in the movie, right? <laughs> no, he kept. He referred to. Oh, okay. Continues. Yes. Is he stops. doing that with a, a pick? Yes. Or, oh, it is a pick. on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, a semi semi acoustic, but yeah. I mean, there is a huge cult uh, around him to this day. There's a festival. Um, I think it's in Belgium every year where guitarists. Uh, Have you been gather. invited there? <laughs> I've been backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of the guitarists will uh, tape two of their fingers together so they can only use their index and their Why don't they just cut the other two off? Go all (laughs) in. That's a good point. If they were committed. (laughs) They don't want it. Yeah, they don't want it. Yeah, he's he's somebody that just uh, blows my mind. And the fact that he can make music sound joyful when it's being played in a minor key Mm -hmm. is, to me, it's it's kind of life in a nutshell. That was good. I like I like these uh, I like these things that you're bringing that I've never heard in my life. So this is cool, Mike. What do you got? Gonna, I brought one that you've heard a million times in your life. <laughs> this is uh, a band that I didn't really think of. they're more your band than mine. Mm-hmm. I've only you know I have like one of their albums and stuff, but uh, this one just kind of jumped out at me every time it comes on. I was like that that is a great guitar solo, and it's two guys, right? It's uh, I believe I believe this song. They had a rotating group of guitarists in that. This is Thin Lizzy. Yeah, and, and you're going to play the rocker, right? Yeah, yeah. Now this uh, this is uh, this is when they only had one guitarist. Actually, this is Eric Bell on lead guitar. Oh, this is uh, this is the album right before Scott Gorham joined and they, oh, and okay. with uh, Robertson. They had the two guitar attacks. So this is just one guy. This is Eric Bell, but this is the rocker. Yeah. All right, here we go. Way to do your research. <laughs>
and it affects going in there. Mm-hmm. Little wah wah pedal. Yeah. <laughs> See what you can do when you have all your fingers? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that one never ends. Yeah, it, get, it goes on for a while. Because wow. the song, I, I think... The oh, song's five minutes and 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, and that's yeah. why, because it, it is a pretty lengthy solo. But yeah. every time I hear it, I'm going, man, that yeah. it wails, though, after a while. And, you know, it's, it's probably uh, one of their it, hardest rock songs. It's aptly named It's The, the rocker. rocker, buddy. <laughs> Great song. I got to think, though, when you play guitar, and you would know this, it's got to be almost like getting vinyl... Or you're getting into anything. It's just a black hole of equipment. You get, when you hear like how it's many different under, pedals and fuzz tones and boxes and yeah. amps and Tom Scholz is rock yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I had that when I was. You had it? Yeah, when I was, I don't know, like 20 years old. Did it make you sound like uh, Tom Scholz if you played through it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a great invention and mm-hmm. the sound was amazing for the time. But it's a it's a sound that to me today is just very very dated yeah. and um, kind of over processed too much distortion too mm-hmm. much it just kind of sounds kind of soulless but when you're twenty and drunk you're yeah, like yeah, I sound like it. I sound like a rock star <laughs> yeah could, things like distortion and stuff like that and fuzz I mean that, that can cover up a lot of errors it right it can <laughs> yeah it can which is why. Uh, some of my favorite guitarists are the ones that don't use really any effects, like Mark Knopfler, where... Super clean. Super clean, and some of the songs, I think I sent you Six Blade Knife, uh, it's it's so subtle. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It, it, It conjures up, like, feelings that I've never heard another guitarist. He he sounds like he's making the guitar cry. Uh, <laughs> and you can hear... Well, he's beating it. He's beating mm-hmm. it. But yeah. you can hear he plays without a pick. And actually, Jeff Beck was inspired to stop using a pick after touring with Mark Knopfler. L- wow. Yeah. Um, but you can hear the skin of his fingers on the string. I like that squeaking when you can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I don't like some that. people use like finger... Picks they and- do, but that's mostly for acoustic. Oh, okay. you don't yeah. you don't re- really see that on uh, electric guitars. The challenge with uh, electric guitars is keeping the strings that aren't meant to be ringing out quiet. So there's a lot that involves using the, the yeah, it's called palm muting. You use the fatty part of your palm mm-hmm. right near the bridge of the guitar, and you use that to get certain kind of sounds to keep certain ones quiet. And the good thing about playing without a pick is you can use the fingers that you're not picking strings with to rest on the strings you don't want being heard. And so that goes a long, long way to wow. um, playing uh, electric with your with your fingers. Because like when you hear a guitarist that is not silencing the strings. Mm-hmm that aren't meant to be her it's like nails on a blackboard <laughs> and somebody who's not a guitarist might not pick that up but yeah but you and your friends would yeah yeah, yeah me and stage. eddie <laughs> django <laughs> all right this uh my next solo is from uh neil giraldo oh pat, pat, pat benatar's husband, pat benatar's great, husband. Great guitarist uh this song is four minutes and 50 seconds long and this solo drops like very early in the song like i think like a minute and a half in and this is the solo from Promises in the Dark. Oh, right. It's amazing. Well, Judge. <laughs>
Eddie influence in there. Funny how we just all grew up in the 70s and 80s in the era of the guitar solo. I know. It, it, it's, uh, there was, it, there's not going to be another era like that. I don't no. think so, no. unless the, enough time passes that, the, you know, it's retro and yeah. people, you know, kind of like the Black Keys have resurrected, yeah. you know, blues. Yeah. Blues Outside of real heavy metal, there's no guitar solos. There's no guitar no. solos no. anymore. Imagine yeah. dragons aren't guitar <laughs> soloing. <laughs> right? and that, Pop music anyway, no. there's not any. That, that moment in the Metallica documentary where Hetfield <laughs> oh, yeah. and Hammett I are arguing that. about whether or not to have a solo because that was in the middle of the 2000s when right. it was, yeah. you know, guitar solos were very yesterday. But not with that band. Hammett has been like the most mellow dude through the entire, you know, this this mellow guy in between Hetfield and Lars, you know, mm-hmm. who are just fighting all the time. He's just like, hey, man, whatever. Let's just make music. And then three quarters of the way in, hey, why don't we get rid of the solos? Whoa, fellas. Wait, you know, he easy, just jumps up. Hey, hey, no. What are we, nuts? Come on, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I would agree with him, you know, that it's, that that's what got Metallica yeah. there. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's like they're talking about getting rid of your job. Hey, yes. fellas, well, let me just throw this, this out there. Uh, let's not wear black anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> let's wear pastel colors. Yeah, and let's get rid of the distortion pedals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're up, Paul. What do you got for us? Uh, this might be my favorite guitar solo ever. I think I've probably listened to this 700 times. <laughs> we um, asked you not to bring in your own music. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to pick... <laughs> We already heard those. This is uh, Too Hot to Handle uh, oh. by UFO, mm-hmm. and it's Michael Schenker on guitar. And this is one of those solos that uh, I've never even attempted because I know I could practice <laughs> every day the rest of my life and I would still butcher it. But it's the attitude in it. And the, the other thing, it swings. And that's something that I really love in a guitar is when somebody is playing with the... Um, uh, the beat of it, and they're not just right mm-hmm. on the beat, but they're, uh, I don't know, making a swing. I'm going to dedicate this to Alexi Lawless because he told me that he does not like UFO. So I'm dedicating <laughs> this to you, Alexi. Here and it comes. Pilar. And Pilar. <laughs> they should get together. <laughs> amazing <laughs> and, and I have scoured YouTube for videos where he plays it th- with these same notes and he it, he never plays it again I, th- I think it might have been one of those takes yeah that's just and Ron Nevison said that's the one for me that's yeah that, <laughs> yeah that is just you can't you can't reproduce it or it could be one of those solos that's patched together one of the things that, could that, be, yeah. that David Gilmore uh, does is he will record multiple solos and then he'll go through bar by bar and he'll put 
uh, little tick marks on how good, like from one to five, each bar is. And then he'll composite them wow. together. Now, Paul, from, uh, from time to time on this show, I will, uh, I will repeat a story that I've told before. And mm-hmm. I asked someone to make a sting for me for times when I do that. And this guy, David Becker, did that. And I'm going to tell a story I've told before. And so here's the sting. I can only have a seat That's got a story to repeat <laughs> I love it. So here's a, here's a quick story, Paul. <laughs> That's uh, nice. I like that. I was playing a UFO in the kitchen one day, and uh, Peel Arkhamson, she goes, who are you listening to? And I go, this is UFO. And she goes, they're not very good, are they? <laughs> <laughs> what? What song was it? Oh, who knows? Because they do have I, some songs that are... Uh, I don't know what it was, but I was uh, <laughs> I was so excited. Someone's one of my favorite bands. My wife's asking me about... Wife not impressed. No, they're not very good. Hey, is uh, Shanker, one of the Shankers in the waiting room? Is he... Oh. Wasn't he about to... Didn't he put down a promo for you? I don't know if I can find it. <laughs> oh, I want to hear that. Hold on. I have no time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, do we have it? Have you ever seen UFO live? I did, and I passed out and missed the entire concert. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I was Hence 15. the podcast. I was fifteen, <laughs> and and I was like, "When the fuck are they going to come out?" And my friends go, "They just got off stage." <laughs> what were you? Yes. Was this only alcohol or something? Uh, like? Alcohol and weed. Okay. Yeah. And Keep I, on rocking. Hi, this is Michael. I hope you're all doing great. I'm also glad. That the recording has been successfully completed. Well, Michael, we're still recording. It has. It's not finished yet. <laughs> That's really Michael Shanker speaking. Voice. It sounds like him. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Mike, what do you got for us? Well, growing up, I, I you know, like I said, I didn't play guitar, but the only guitarists I had on my wall and posters, I had three guys, and this is one of them. And I figured, you know, some of us had to. One one of us was going to bring this guy in, and it was, of course uh, Hendrix. And so I didn't know which one to pick, so I picked Voodoo Child. Here we ah, go. great song. Where is it? Did you bring it? Did Shanker? Uh... So amazing. Excellent. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. I've heard other guitarists always talk about his uh, the size of his hands. Gigantic. Uh, they could just wrap he, all the way Stevie, around. And Stevie Ray Vaughan, like hands like a, a, a fucking gorilla. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing that uh, is interesting, too, about when Hendrix was playing, the uh, technology on guitars, when you use the whammy bar, it would go out of tune. And the fact that he can sound in tune while he's using a whammy bar, um, in the 80s, kind of after Eddie Van Halen became really popular and everybody started using their whammy bars, uh, the technology came out where you could, they're called locking tuners, so that the the string 
wouldn't wouldn't go out of wouldn't tune. go out of tune, and uh, it's it's just amazing that that Jimi Hendrix <laughs> can sound the way he did without uh, without having locking tuners. Cool. Yeah, they would say like he could like do a bar chord is just covering all the strings, yeah. right? Yeah. And he could do it with his thumb kind of wrapped thumb. over the top of it. Yeah. It was that long yeah. that he could cover all with the strings. With a basketball in yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Dunking while he's dunking. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, here's one of those bands, Paul. I know you don't like the band. I know you're not going to like the song, but will you like the solo? The band is from Canada. They're called Loverboy. Oh, my God. <laughs> the album is uh, is the very subtle uh, Keep It Up. Oh, my God. And the song is called Hot Girls in Love. Mm-hmm. Oh so, will you like the solo? And, you, and be honest, if I you will. like it. I will. This is Paul Dean on guitar. And here we go. Go to Gil Martin. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a nice solo. All right, yeah, I, I'll take it. Yeah. In an era of uh, massive noodling, there was not a lot of noodling there. No, nope. yeah, it serviced the song. Serviced the song. I was just going to say the same thing. All right. Did you talk to him? No, you talked to the singer. I talked to Mike Reno. Okay, of right. Loverboy. He's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have talked to Paul Dean uh, after a show. That's when I got the, oh, the Get got Lucky the, album. Got the autograph, sure. Yeah. All right. Let's not talk anymore about Loverboy. We're losing <laughs> listeners. Uh, Canadians love it, but sure. uh, everyone else, not so much. All right. What do you got for us, Paul? Uh, th- this is another song that I've probably listened to a thousand times. And, and I have uh, attempted to play parts of it. Uh, Blue Jean Blues by ZZ Top. And I've always loved a slow blues song. Yeah. I, I just... Uh, I don't know. There, there's something about it that it uh, is just so much more moving to me. And this is just one of. And it's funny because the lyrics are really not that great. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ZZ Top lyrics aren't that oh, great. The but, majority of yeah, ZZ Top yeah. lyrics are terrible. But tube, um, tube snake boogie, yeah. pearl necklace, pearl necklace. Yeah, uh, but but TV I dinners, Moorish. But I so it's TV dinners, TV dinners, sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. All right, Blue Jean Blues from Fandango, 1975. Good album. Listen to that sustain. Billy Gibbons. So clean. Yeah. 
never get tired of hearing that song. Yeah, this, that was great. Yeah. That was very B.B. King-esque, yeah. it yeah. seems. Yeah. And, that, and now I'm going to have a shout out to B.B. Uh, King, who I was, now I regret not bringing in. There's a great, uh, you get the Live at the Regal album. Great album. Really great. Great album. So I wish I would have brought in something from there. And, and he was a huge, they say that the three kings uh, were the biggest influence. Albert on, King. Albert King, uh, Freddie King, and B.B. King, uh, each with completely different styles. And uh, Don King? Don King. And Don like, King. <laughs> what about, not D.D. King? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us, Siegel? If we're going in order, this is one I've never heard before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's, uh, Paul's already dropped his name a couple times. It's this also is, uh, on Paul's list. Of course. So. I knew we would uh, overlap on him. But this is uh, David Gilmore of Comfortably Numb from the... Let me see uh, if I can Pink say Floyd the word album. comfortably, comfortably, comfortably hard for me to say. Here we go. Because <laughs> my tongue is numb and not comfortably. I think you recently sold this guitar for charity. He's a good person. So amazing. So you ever tried amazing. to play that one? Uh, no, I well, parts of it. Um, the only solo of his that I ever learned uh, is uh, the solo to Time. Okay. Yeah. And I can't even remember how I, how I played <laughs> it, but I spent a month. Was, I was probably, I don't know, 25 years old, and I spent like a month every day uh, trying to figure it out and eventually I did get it and I happened to have back then I had a, a board pedal that emulated the sound of, of his amp and I just I just couldn't get enough and I think that was the first time I ever felt proud as a guitarist like <laughs> like oh here's something that I could play for for people and not feel like a hack <laughs> well anybody gets a chance out there to see the Pink Floyd exhibit that's touring now that I saw it at the V&A Museum a couple of years ago in London it's all their stuff from like it's an interactive thing. Yeah. You put on oh, these wow. really nice headphones, and the music changes as you go from like little exhibit to exhibit, exhibit and stuff from the wall, like full on stage pieces um, from wow. that. But it ends in like a three sixty room where they're playing live, oh. and he's playing that you know solo through the whole thing. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Daryl Asher is coming out here in October. He's taking me and Mike uh, Sch uh, Schmidt and Murray to see it. So okay, I'm excited. It is coming to LA. Though. Yeah, it I, is. Okay, that's what I thought. October. It'll Cri be here. Christina is a huge Aguilera. Uh, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend Christina is a huge music fan, and she will go to concerts by herself. And she traveled for almost two full days to go see the Wall. Wow! By herself. The uh, the show that uh, wait, the original Wall 
Yeah. Or or the one that uh, Roger Waters does now. Uh, Roger Waters. Uh, I think th- this is when he was first doing it, his first tour okay. of it. You see that right up there? Yeah. You got his signature? Yep. Wow. He has a good <laughs> signature. Too pat. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't... doesn't uh, Fuck around with <laughs> that it. wall. That wall album just lends itself to a nice, oh my God. easy nice autograph. Autograph. Don't yeah. fuck it up, guys. Nothing but room. Nothing All right. but room. Here's a guitarist that we lost way too soon from the band Pretenders. This is James Honeyman Scott, and this song is called Kid. Oh, I like this song. Yeah, this is a great tune. If we could hear it, it'd be great. Anytime now, guys. <laughs> Short and sweet. That sounds like one it. of those kind of fifties guitars. What are those? It, it, like it, a Gretsch? No, it, it, is it Birdland? Uh, it's it sounds like a semi-acoustic guitar. Yeah, uh, probably a, a, like a rockabilly a, guitar, a, a Gretsch, or oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was a, a Gretsch. That's what Brian Setzer yeah. plays, um, or it's a, a Telecaster with like a vintage Fender amp. That's a really uh, like when you hear uh, the Ventures, that's either a Stratocaster or a Telecaster with a lot of a lot of reverb, and I, I love that sound too. Uh, when you don't have distortion, you can hear the uh, overtones, the additional harmonics. It's like that chimey bell kind of a sound that that I I really like. There's a Ventures documentary too that I watched. Is it good? The, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I didn't know much about them. And they are massive still, even you know, fifty years later in Japan. Really? Still, wow. yeah. They were they were huge over there because it translated easy because there was no lyrics. Yeah. And so all these guitar bands, there's like ventures, uh, cover bands there, and yeah, That's it's so really cool. kind of interesting. That, that must be great uh, being in a band where you're still loved, where you don't feel oh, yeah. like, yeah. oh my god, it's going to be half full again tonight. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I save my money? Uh, we're on a package tour with Loverboy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great solo, though. I like yeah. that. Brian Setzer, he likes that rockabilly music, right? He does. I was hoping somebody would bring him in. Because yeah. he can play that axe. Did anybody? Uh, I, I should have put him. Uh, uh, is it Rock This Town or Stray Cat Strut? Is, uh, there's a series where he teaches guitar mm-hmm. on VHS. That's how old <laughs> it was when I had it. And he explains a lot of his approach to guitar. And rockabilly throws in a combination of blues, rock, jazz, and country. Mm-hmm. And he... Sometimes we'll throw in a jazz chord that just makes his stuff so interesting to me. Stray Cat Strut is is one of those songs where it just opens up sonically all, just a whole new language that you don't hear. Yeah. He, I've never uh, seen him live, but I want to. He just released a new album two days ago. It's called Gotta Have the Rumble. Let's hear what he's up to now. This is called Checkered Flag. <laughs> Your daddy says that I'm no good. Now that's reverse. That's <laughs> under my hood. 427 Street Pipe Exhaust. Lapping up high test, screw the cost. 
<laughs> Stick with it, Brian. Yeah. You had a sound, you, you ride works, it to the end. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, and nobody's tired of songs about cars. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Still fresh. <laughs> uh, who likes that song? Uh, Springsteen? Does he like a car song? Well, it takes you away. <laughs> and leave your life behind, depending on what's under the hood. <laughs> All right, what's your next uh, tune, Gil Martin? Gilly. Uh, we got to have Paul back again in six years. Because <laughs> this is going really well. Uh, you can't deny this one. I think it might be the best solo in pop, you know, top 40 guitar, mm-hmm. uh, Hotel California. And it is great. It's the one, it's the one solo we all know every note to. Yeah. Like I did, I can air guitar the, the shit out of this one. I searched on the internet to try to find somebody who knows uh, music theory to explain to me mm-hmm. why it sounds so great. And my futile attempt to explain what makes it so unique is the notes that he, he hits in between phrases at, right at the end of a phrase before the next chord change that sounds like it's almost the wrong note. Hmm. And I, there's something that. about that uh, yeah, di- the, dissonance that then when it's... Uh, you mean like Walsh and Felder? Or because it's one of the few like... Duets that, yeah. you know, probably the it's best a, known one. Yeah, that and Freebird. Right. That and Freebird are probably the two. Uh, just his his part, the beginning part, um, where he goes... Uh, the acoustic? No. No, no, no. Oh, no. This is just the lead. Oh, right, the lead. okay. I mean, it's in... Crazy band. <laughs> that note. Okay. You take the other part. There you go. You're Joe Walsh in this. Oh, so I'm high. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Uh, I, I, oh, I'm high. It's a song I should be sick of, and I, I never I get sick no. of the song. It's, I don't. takes though he probably did it in one take (laughs) (laughs) he's he's such an amazing guitarist it's just keeps going yep to me it's such a great example of uh i don't know who i think it was mark knopfler or i think it's knopfler (laughs) <laughs> I think you've been saying it wrong. Maybe it was Gilmore or, or one of those guys was saying that the purpose of a solo is to extend the conversation that the uh, melody that the singer mm-hmm. is singing. Like he can't take it any further. So then the solo comes in to kind of talk. Okay. And to me, that solo is a great example of that. It sounds like 
somebody speaking. It's lyrical. Yeah. It's and there's nothing repetitive in it. It's just uh, it, it just keeps going someplace different. It, it's, I don't know how somebody could come up with that. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. That's the thing. We we've heard these all our lives. These guys wrote these. Yeah. Unbelievable. And this next one is great. Yeah, this one is a, a band that you don't think of as a guitar because the, the front guy gets all the attention because with his, of, with his flute. <laughs> but this is uh, Jethro Tull. And uh, I remember, I think it was maybe Paul mm-hmm. once uh, went to a show, saw Jethro Tull. You've seen him live, right? Or No, my parents wouldn't let me go because it was a school night. Oh, <laughs> It was so another. It must have been another pissed. friend then who went. And I said, "How was it?" And it's like, "Well, it was great, but the the guitarist is amazing." Yeah, and I think this is Martin Barr. Bar. Martin yeah. Barr. Oh, he's so good. So I just picked one. I just picked you locomotive know, aqua- breath. Is yeah, such a good it one. was either that one or this one, and I just took off along. So but we all know it. But it's it's a cool. Great solo, such a great guitarist. When I was in uh, high school, I'd, I had been playing guitar for maybe two years, and there was this really kind of dorky, outcast kid in my class who mentioned that he played guitar. Was he in your mirror? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, this poor fuck. You know, <laughs> I, I don't even want to know how fucking awful he is on guitar. And... We happened to get together one afternoon, and I was, you know, like, I'm going to show this fucking guy what's up. (laughs) He, this is how long ago it was, he pulls out the vinyl, yeah, puts on Aqualung, and plays it note for note. (laughs) I still remember how I feel watching it. Like, it was, I can't even describe how mind-blowing it was. Is he still with us, Martin Barr? I think he is. I don't okay. think he's in Jethro Tall anymore. I think he's retired, but okay. I think he's still with us. All right, get ready. Are you ready? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for is White Paul- Lion? Oh, Paul's wow. going to hate this. Now, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> the guitarist is Vito Brada. And let me tell you what Zach Wilde says about Vito, Vito Brada. He says that the solo in the song Wait is one of the best solos he has ever heard. That's what Zach Wilde said. Okay. All right. Now, I'm not playing that solo. <laughs> I'm playing a solo from another song called Little Fighter. Okay, so this is White Lion, Paul. So I know you don't like the band. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like the song. But let me know what you think of this solo. Here we go. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous I can't play it. <laughs>
is pretty impressive. You know, mm-hmm. the only problem I I have with uh, that era is the the guitar sound mm-hmm. was so overused that it it's. Uh, it's almost generic. It's yeah. almost like the '80s drum sound, where yeah. it's like, God, I almost wish it it had he'd had a different guitar sound. Yeah, and you know the the kind of nod to Eddie was so overused by. Yeah, back then everyone was trying this is the to do finger that. tapping, right? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, some people were really good at it, and yeah. some people, yeah. Are, are but not. that guy's obviously a really, yeah. really talented guitarist. But I know what you yeah. mean by the sound. It's just like you hear that, and there's no place your brain goes other than '80s. There's yes. an 80s thing, right. you know? Absolutely. And, and they Absolutely. all had, that could have been Cinderella. That could have right. been Poison. But, <laughs> it could have been any... What I liked about... Been, no, it could no, not have been, been Poison. It could not have been Poison. take that one back. What I liked about that solo was more outside the box than your typical hair metal yeah. sound. He threw notes in there mm. that you you did not hear in the typical agree. Uh, blues or pentatonic scale. Yeah, agree, agree. Okay, so I follow a... I, I, go down a couple YouTube holes and there's one channel that I follow. I don't know if I told you, but maybe I sent you the link of the guy Wings of Pegasus. Mm-hmm. He's an English guitar yes. um, teacher. And he says that pentatonic scale. So for those of us who don't know what, it's what, your five fingers? It's, it's, it's <laughs> No, it's, it's it, the typical uh, major scale has eight notes in it. The pentatonic, Do, re, mi, fa, so, that one? Yes. Yeah, okay. The pentatonic scale gets rid of three of them and it's only left with five that are uh, you know kind of the big hitters of the of the scale, and you can play a pentatonic scale uh, for a uh, pretty much any genre of music, which is one of the reasons why it's the first scale that that people know. It's the scale that probably eighty percent of pop songs are are played in. So, and there's those three chords that. What would they say? Eighty percent of rock music yeah. and, and yeah. blues. It's well, all the same three chords. The one, four, and the five. Yeah, the first, <laughs> first note, uh, which is the the uh, note that the key is in generally, um, and then the fourth note of the scale and the fifth note. Uh, and the Ramones scale. used two of them, two yes. of the chords. Yeah, <laughs> that's all they needed. That's all they yeah. needed. <laughs> all right, Paul. What's up next for you? Uh, I fucking love this one. Middle of the road. The Pretenders and Robbie McIntosh. Yeah. Um, this, I just don't, I don't even have words for it. The, <laughs> the, there's things that he's doing I have no idea. And I've gone down the YouTube hole trying to see a version where he plays it. And the only thing I could find was where his substitute was playing it and playing a different solo. And kind of like Too Hot to Handle, it's just, oh, there's a hunger in me yeah. to want to see somebody play it. Yeah, this is perfect. So. Let's hear it. The Learning to Crawl album, right? Yep. In the middle of the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's swinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
so amazing. Yep. I saw this tour. This was the first uh, oh, really? time I saw Pretenders. Did he play? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It was it was this lineup. And he did was, he, do you remember? Did he do this solo kind of note um, for I, note? I, I'm, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say was 84, yes. what was it? Uh, yeah, 84. And he wasn't with them that long. Just the two albums. Yeah. Yeah, and then he went and was with McCartney for years. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And just to back up on the the Wings of Pegasus guy, the one he, there's like, I didn't bring any country artists in. Mm. And uh, the two guys that get name checked on, but not only by him, by a lot Jerry of guitar Reed. players. Well, there's three then. Okay. Jerry Reed, who I've watched videos of, and the guy was fucking incredible. Roy Clark. Roy Clark and Glenn Campbell. Mm. Yeah. Those three guys were unbelievable yeah. guitar players. Yeah. Yeah. And Chet Atkins, I'd put him in there. Danny Gatton. Was another okay. another guy, oh. and who's the guy? Um, just joined the Eagles, but uh, no, no, Marty Stewart. There's another guy, mm -hmm. and, and then who's the guy? Uh, Vince Gill. Vince is in Gill the Eagles too. Right now, yeah. really amazing guitar yeah. player. Yeah. So all those guys. And country sorry. country is, is got its own uh, thing with uh, it's it's about the string bending and uh, the harmonics you get playing two notes at the same time that uh, simulate the sound of a pedal steel guitar yeah. that is its own thing. And they use very little effects. Very little compression yeah. and, uh, you know, reverb. Yeah. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Go, just uh, check out a Roy Clark video on oh my YouTube God. and you'll lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. no. He practiced eight hours a day. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't really practice for him because he was having fun, right? He was having fun and he was getting blown by Minnie Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Did you leave the hat on with the tag? Yeah, he got a, while doing his, uh, his penis got a paper cut from that tag. Howdy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, well, we uh, my next guy we we've, we've name checked him eight million it's times Paul's already. Friend. It's Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Paul's friend. But I didn't know I couldn't pick one oh. Van Halen track. I mean, there's eruption. Well, yeah, That's it. well. <laughs> begins so, and ends with eruption. I didn't even go that. I just took the one that kind of changed. You know MTV in a way yeah. that kind of you know they allowed you know the first black artist to be on that and that was his solo on Beat It. They're like ah oh, we don't really play that kind of oh Eddie Van Halen's on it well yeah, sure okay, oh, yeah. all right yeah we'll we'll and, play it. And Eddie's not in the video it, yeah no right. he's not. And to go back to what I was saying about it's all about the chord changes. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard a story that when he went in to do it, he uh, told Michael Jackson it would be great if there were more chords that he could play over. And I he suggested adding. Another chord because it gives you more choices to to play. And Michael went with it. Uh, I believe so. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. How's well, that for a half-ass story? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I think. I, I think. think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's beat it. <laughs> Five minutes. I was just walking down the hallway. Yeah. Hey, you want to play on this? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> what was it that, I mean, I know he said, they they said his equipment was different. Like he built mm -hmm. it himself. Yes. Is yeah. that, I mean, there's you can change your sound by the way of playing, mm -hmm. but his equipment was also different, right? I mean, is that what made it sound so unique? Um, 
mostly it was in his hands. But right. yeah, there was a thing that he used uh, called an echoplex um, instead of reverb. And uh, he took a Strat body, which typically has um, its own kind of specific sound. And he took one of the pickups from a Les Paul guitar um, from the specific era, 1958 to 1960, which are considered the greatest pickups ever. They, the nickname for them is the Velvet Hammer because they <laughs> just had such a soft but powerful sound. And he put PAF, PAF pickups in a Kramer Strat-style uh, guitar body. And he also did something to his Marshall amp. He put a Variac in there so you could get more distortion. Typically with amps, at least old amps, to get it to distort, you would just have to turn it up loud. How, how, to would, 11. You, how would you know you how to, to do this? 11. How would you even... You he just, would oh, solder, he'd solder his own shit. I mean, he was a, he was a, a, a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to play some... Eddie Van Halen from the era that Paul Gilmartin loves, the Van Hagar era. Oh. <laughs> this is from 1991. I love this song. I love this solo. The song is called Right Now, but and you, I know you're not going to like that song, but... I actually don't mind that song. All right, good. Well, yeah. the solo is great. How's that for an endorsement? <laughs> that was raining. It doesn't make me vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the solo. Another guy with big hands. Oh, Van Halen? Yeah. Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. How do you know the hand size of these people, Paul? Because I know the size of the guitar. And so uh, when you okay. see the guitar in there, you can tell how okay. tall somebody is. Yeah. By if they're standing next not, to Tom Cruise. Not how, not how tall they are, but how, how big they are. Okay. Yeah. But you could, like, wouldn't they say about uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's strings or something? They were, like, super tight thick. Or, or, like, super heavy, thick. heavy, heavy yeah. steel so strings or something? His, you know, the, the lightest string... Uh, is typically uh, a 10, 10 gauge. Okay. An 11 would be a little heavier gauge, which you would maybe use for jazz guitar. Much harder to bend. Mm -hmm. uh, supposedly, Stevie Ray Vaughan, his highest string was a 13, which are like <laughs> telephone pole wires. <laughs> and he would have to put crazy glue in his fingertips because he would rip the the flesh out uh, from, <laughs> from playing. But it gave him... Uh, that sound that that he had and supposedly billy gibbons uses like sixes or some ridiculously light string really? <laughs> yeah his roadie said that he has just a super super light touch and he turns all of the treble off on his uh amps it's just bass that's one of the ways he gets his sound and i know he uses almost no effects he's all about um they're they're called class a amps where there's a minimum of stuff in the circuitry so you get a really re you get all of those overtones that you wouldn't get with like a solid state non-vacuum tube what and number of strings do you use i use nines or tens all right yeah hey billy i'm G judging billy gibbons, i don't know why i don't know billy gibbons has a new album out too it just came out this year listen here's a little bit of this this song is called my lucky card Mistake. 
There you go. Still rocking. Yeah. 2021. Solo Gibbons. Rock in peace, Dusty Hill. Rock in peace, yeah. Dusty Hill. Uh, Paul Gilmartin, what's your next tune? Uh, Jeff Healy, who was, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys, he passed blind. away. Wow. Yeah, he did pass yeah, away. He was blind. Actually, uh, saw him at a cafe on Franklin right by the UCB once, and mm -hmm. I almost stopped to tell him how awesome he is, but I didn't want to scare him because he was blind. <laughs> um, he plays a guitar in a way that nobody I've ever seen. He plays it in his lap. He plays it without his eyes. He plays it without <laughs> his eyes. And he plays with his fingers on top of the strings rather than coming in from behind uh, on the strings. Yeah, 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 he does. Which is, you have to learn that completely on your own. And how he's able to get the vibrato that he does, uh, I don't know. But I just love the way he phrases things and... Uh, yeah, this is a song called I Think I Love You Too Much. That's incredible. Incredible. That is incredible. And to think that his thumb is where the most guitarist pinky would be. So he's doing these really high bends with his thumb upside down. Yeah. And your thumb's up your ass. <laughs> Usually. That's so good. Yeah, so good. Wow. And he does a cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That's fucking amazing. I've never heard that song. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Siegel? I've got one of your favorite bands. He, this guy was on the show. Yes, and you talked about this solo, didn't you? Yes, it's, uh, you have to talk about it. And other people have talked about it. I mean, it always makes a list of like one of the top solos. Sultan's it? a Swing? No. It's from a pop song from, from 1979. This is My Sharona by The Knack and oh Burton of Air, right? Yeah. Burton of Air. Say what you want about the song, but the solo... The song's great.
and uh, great the, solo. Yeah, the, the drums by Bruce Gary are yeah. incredible too. Rock and Peace, Bruce Gary, and Rock and Peace, and Doug uh, Figer. Here's a, a trivia question about that uh, melody. It's one of the few melodies in a pop song that is just one note. He's playing one note and then the octave. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. So would that would that make it easier to play or harder? Uh, it's very simple to play. So very you could play that? Yeah. Not the solo, but the... Not the solo, but... <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, I understand. Simple. Now I understand. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, uh, the... Dun, 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 dun. We could take a week. We could probably get that. I think by the end of the afternoon... Okay, you could probably good. Play, play <laughs> At the pool, that. we're going to do that. Yeah. All it right. would depend on your picking hand yeah. more than your... But did they, they cut that solo for the top 10 version, didn't they? For Is the it? edit... I don't know if the solo's in the edited version or not, in the radio version, the radio edit. The radio edit. That's... A, I, I would think they chopped that a little bit. I mean, bit. it's a pretty long solo. Yeah. The, that's what I mean. the album song, it's four minutes and uh, 50 seconds. So. Yeah, that was, yeah, I can't imagine them playing. All right. I got a solo coming up from King Riffington. No, Lord Riffington. Lord Riffington. That's what Christy Stratton calls Keith Richards, Lord <laughs> Riffington. Uh, usually Keith isn't known for solo. No. no. But Rick Taylor, awesome right. solo. Yeah. But this is, uh, and I looked it up. This is, this is Keith on the solo okay. on this. This is the solo from Sympathy for the Devil. Mm, Here we right. go. Have you ever seen the documentary of the making of that song? Uh, I probably have. I've seen it's, the Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, is that the one footage? You know the TV show they did with oh. with the Who and all those guys. Uh, it's it's really interesting just seeing how they add layers, how they all of a sudden add in the bongo drums and yeah, it's it's only like twenty five minutes. I'm and I can't remember what it's called, but oh, was this when uh, Brian Jones was just falling over, just passing out everywhere? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah oh, he's oh, God, he's God. barely on that album. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he name, was a mess. Name only. Um, what was I going to say? Is he something. Keith Richards' hands now? Oh yeah, my God! He, he has rings on his finger that he can't possibly get off it's, because the knuckle here is so big. Yeah, they're it's all just all kind of deformed fence. and kind of look. Arthritic, kind arthritic. of like my grandfather's hands. Yeah. It must bad. be, uh, it's either painful or it's uh, an excellent, what do I want to say? Or maybe it's like therapy when he plays guitar. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> Paul's know. got uh, tickets to see the Stones the same night we Oh, really? Going. Yeah, you got some cheap some cheap seats. I also have the thing that makes your, your fingers go crooked. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know if you can see that some of my fingers are starting to bend. Oh, yeah. Can you see that? I can see that. Yeah. Does it, I think, is I it think, painful? Uh, not yet. It's progressive, so, uh, you know, get back to me in 10 years. Yeah. And they're shaking a bit from alcohol withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold brew coffee <laughs> and Wellbutrin. <laughs> I up my uh, dose of Wellbutrin and my Just for the show. a little shake. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My psychiatrist upped it. Just for the show, right? Just for the show. <laughs> yeah. He said, you know what? I think you're going to have to up that dose. Yeah. To he told me dose. to start snorting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you got for us, Gilly? Um, 
This one is so out there and so fantastic. Uh, Steely Dan, Do It Again, mm-hmm. and the solos by Denny Diaz. Oh, I almost brought in a Steely Dan song. There's so many good solos. And they, they, and they rotated studio musicians. Yeah, yeah it, it was, I think, just basically the, the Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, and then it was a rotating cast of, yeah, and they of would, everybody else. And if, if they needed a solo for a song, they might ask like a couple of guys to to come up with one and then they would choose which one would be better. And I think Denny Diaz was like the seventh guy to <laughs> wow. play a solo That's a tough this. room, Those man. guys yeah. are picky, yeah. pretentious, <laughs> <laughs> named after a dildo, Steely Dan. <laughs> Just do it again. Sound to sitar, yes, exactly. Somebody so imagine that. How I know, can somebody I just, come up with that? Yeah. That's. Do you think drugs were involved in the creation of some of these solos? <laughs> I hope Maybe not. Maybe some fine Colombian. <laughs> some Cuervo gold. Yeah. Are we going to call this episode "Fuck You, Ingve"? Is that what I'm going to call mm-hmm. this? Yeah, I Maybe. like it. Let's do it. I like Let's it. Let's do it. Siegel, what do you got? Uh, well, this guy uh, nobody's talked about yet. Angus Young, our pal from Down Under, and uh, great. again another one that was tough to pick. Just one, mm. but I just grabbed one from the early days, from the Bon Scott days. This I is, saw them on their first tour in America. With Bon Scott? First with tour? Bon Scott, yeah, 1979. He came out. Aerosmith was a headliner. They were horrible. Uh, but ACDC came out. We'd never heard of them. And Angus comes out, and we're like, who the fuck is this guy? And <laughs> in his little he, shorts. The rock star. And then he, Bon Scott uh, goes out into the crowd with Angus wailing on his shoulders. <laughs> oh my God. It was, so, we all went and bought Powerage the, so the very next day. Needless to say, uh, Aerosmith could not follow that. Oh my God, not at all. And the thing that's interesting about um, Angus's playing is it, the way he's moving his entire body adds to his vibrato. There's, there's no other vibrato that sounds like his because he's not just moving his wrist, he's moving his arm, he's moving his upper body. And that's how he gets that crazy wide vibrato. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Well, this is a whole lot of Rosie. I don't know how she does it.
playing those pickups I was, uh, I believe, uh, the patent applied for PAF pickups. Okay. You can hear the low end has clarity to it, but it's soft. And then the top end has bite to it, but it's not too harsh. And he's doing just kind of uh, no effects, just straight into a cranked up uh, Marshall. And that's kind of considered the best classic sound uh, is a, a Gibson with PAF pickups straight into a, a cranked up Marshall. That's still one of my favorite uh, Steve Perry uh, sound bites when he described, I think he was on Howard Stern or something, uh-huh. and he was describing who was the the band you had the toughest time following. Yeah. And it was like they had to follow ACDC. Bon Scott era, oh, ACDC. And he, he described, you know, they didn't know who they were. You know, they, yes. they were someplace on the road, and they hear this commotion <laughs> while they're in the green room, and they're like, what's going on? And he goes outside, and he sees, again, Bon Scott on the, the show, yeah. like, Carrying Angus Young through the crowd of the shoulders, like, I'm a problem child, and they're like, We're "Oh fucked. no, oh no!" <laughs> yes. He just went, "Oh no, I guess oh, no. we, I guess we don't open up with lights." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a double bill! And Neil Sean, fucking great guitarist, amazing yeah, but guitarist. He's what he, I would name check, and a fucking noodler, man, just noodling a lot of noodling, and it seems to be. When I hear a lot of old Journey songs, it's just it's jammed in on every song. Sometimes where it doesn't need to be. Yeah, like we don't need a guitar solo in this song. Nope, <laughs> Neil Sean got to put it in yeah. every song. Uh, some of his songs. I'm not saying he's not good. Give me goosebumps. Those crazy nights. Neil Sean. But I think the solo in every song is what dates it now. Maybe. A little yeah. bit. Maybe. I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-Journey, but <laughs> for someone he got, he used to get on my nerves a lot. <laughs> that sounds anti-Journey. Well, yeah. no, I'm him. not anti-Journey. His playing, and I think That it was, guy annoys me. I think he threw in like two notes where one would do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's a, you know, that's a noodler. Yeah, it's a noodler. Just a little bit of pe- noodling. Think of the people we haven't talked about yet. Just Santana. He's, or not, he's not full Lin- on Malmsteen noodling, but Lin- he's Lindsey Buckingham we haven't talked about. Great guitars. Great. I mean, seen him live. Everyone's, uh, we can't talk about everyone. We, we oh, that list was huge. Man. But we can talk about um, Gary Richrath. Oh, REO. Speedwagon. Gary on the guitar? Mm-hmm. And, and Kevin <laughs> sings. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a, uh, kind of a ballad take it on the run but this has a great solo in it like this is one of my favorite solos of all time and it just kind of sneaks up on you you don't expect this song again to have a solo in it but here we and go and he's a Les Paul guy yeah You're under the Chicago guy The other person I should mention that uh, so much of this comes from is Chuck Berry. 
Yeah. I'd say the three kings and Chuck Berry. 99% of rock and roll, especially lead guitar, it's something is coming from those four. Well, like, even back then, I know those guys got screwed out of royalties and everything else, but even when, like, the Beach Boys do Sweet Little 16, or do Surfing USA, which is just Sweet Little, yeah, Sweet yeah. little 16, yeah. almost note for note, yeah, did he get nothing? For, I think he I'm, got I'm nothing, sure. didn't he? Yeah. No. It's so, it's so fucked. And Led Zeppelin were one of the worst uh, in terms of just directly ripping people off. Willie Dixon had to take them to court. And, I mean, it's like the, the, these guys were scraping together a living and you, you've got your own fucking plane. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you're going to yeah. make them go to court. And you're talented. Why do you have to steal from, right. you know, you have your own thing. Why right. do you have to take from these guys? Right. Wasn't it, it was a famous story when the uh, Stones finally went to Chicago and they went to the Chess Records and they saw Muddy Waters, who their band's songs named after, and yeah. he was painting the place. Painting the he place was painting for the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> Inside. Yeah. Unbelievable. Is that our hero up there on the yes. ladder? Painting. At 70, mm-hmm. whatever he was. Yep, that's him. Let me clean my hands off with some turpentine, boys. And I'll <laughs> give, you, <laughs> give you a lesson. <laughs> um, Gilly, what do you got for us? Uh, I think uh, time. Uh David Gilmore, and one of the things he said, and you can hear it in the solo, where his amp sounds like it's about to die because it makes this screaming noise that is just uh, fucking incredible. Here we go. Yeah. That's that's another part of what makes a guitarist great is carving out their own sonic landscape, their own sound. Yeah, and he is so so great at that. You know him, uh, Jeff Beck, G- uh, Jimmy Page yeah. was another guy. Jimmy Page said in an interview a while back, everybody assumed because like whole lot of love that he had this gigantic amp setup because uh-huh. it was so huge. He had like a six inch by six inch amp in a closet. but he said the key is is getting it in a space where you can turn it up all the way and i I don't know i don't know how we how we did it i guess you get the microphone really close to it and it's the rest of the sound is is dampened by the clothes in the closet or something but that like everybody was like you've got to be fucking it's so (laughs) technical and so experimental like everyone just thinks oh they just pick up the guitar plug it in and play but there's so many different things involved in this so many different things crazy and and he's one of the worst live guitar players ever jimmy page awful i never saw him live why because it's a song remains the same right yeah yeah. go look i was high though through that look online (laughs) any uh any video of them just you're, sloppy you're or out of tune sloppy 
not out of tune, just sloppy. Mm. Yeah. I never realized that. And it makes he, a nice racket, though. Yet one <laughs> of the all together. greatest studio guitarists ever. One of the great, yeah. greatest riff writers ever. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, should I play him? Uh, speaking of riffs, I'll go skip one, and then I'll go right, all right to, and then we'll Since go we're on the subject, I had to bring in Zeppelin. This is one of the second of the three that I had on my wall uh, growing up, and I just picked one. So this is, speaking of riffs, this is a heartbreaker. And this inspired Eddie Van Halen to uh, tap, finger okay. tap. Oh, wow. Other solo, Mike. Uh, right? I like this one too. Where, where is it? Is one. it at the end? No, we started it at the end. Of it. The solo it's right where it stops and it goes. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. Bop, this bop, is the bop, end. Bop, this is the second solo. Okay. I'm just going by the time code you gave. No, me. I know, but see, see where the where I started it, the time code. Yeah. If you go like Little 20 bit. seconds before that, and that's what he's talking about, where the whole thing stops. And it's just the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like that solo too with yes. the music in the back. Yeah. But that's there's a section in there that yeah. we're talking about where he does the kind of briefly does finger tapping and, and that kind of uh Eddie Van Halen story from him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would Influence. say I would say expanded on it. Expanded on it. Yeah. All right. Well here's a guitarist who has Oh, you didn't find it? Oh, do you want me to find yeah. it? Yeah. Like, go like twenty seconds okay. earlier than, than my time code. All right. Well, first of all, you don't know how it works. Oh, sorry. It's to, all uh, set to, now. Yeah, well, I have to change. Yeah, because I like preset. Oh, well, then don't worry. I preset the time Don't worry code. about it. Hold on. No, no. You guys made a big deal about it. <laughs> I thought of it. I thought you just slide the bar and that'd be... I, no, I can't slide the bar. Okay, let me... But I'm going to find it now. You guys talk about... How much does your girlfriend hate all of this now that she's been waiting? Is that it? No. Keep it. Yeah, this is it. Such a, such a great guitar tone, too. And that's just a classic late 50s Gibson Les Paul with the PAF pickups and a tiny little amp that's probably even older than that. Wow. I remember the, uh, in, it might get loud when he was talking about yes. the, the, the fuzz pedal or whatever. Mm -hmm. that, I don't know if he invented it or he hired some guy to make it. And mm -hmm. that was, it just changed. It just blew his mind. It's like, this is a magic little box. I've never seen that documentary. You're that, kidding me. That's with The Edge and is and it Jack, Jack White. White. I got to see and that. You've never seen I it? I cannot believe you've never seen I, that. I have not. There's it's a, great. There's a moment in it where he starts playing a whole lot of love 
and they get reaction shots from Jack White and the Edge, and they're like revert to twelve years old. Yeah, where they're like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Edge jumps up and blocks the camera. You can see like, he just stands in front because he wanted to. Mm. Yeah, so you just dun 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 dun, and they just jump up and like, yeah. "What's he doing?" <laughs> well, my next guy definitely has his own tone. He's from a band called Queen. Oh, we yeah. And you used to have a Brian May guitar. I remember that. I did. And an I instructional it, video. Uh, on from VHS. That he did. Yeah. <laughs> but you got rid of that guitar. I did. I did. And I wish I hadn't. And why did you get rid of it? Need the cash at the time? I think I needed the cash. It was I either think, that or Paint Chess Studios. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. I, I had collected about a dozen Paul Reed Smith guitars and they hadn't really increased in value yet. And so I sold all of them. And the Brian May guitar, because we just moved into a house and we yep. needed money. And like within three years, the Paul Reed Smith guitars like tripled in price. <sighs> That's how you invest in everything, though, pretty much. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do. I Get buy in at the top. I buy high, sell low. These yes. people do, do the opposite. They're yes. sheep. Yes. I, I'm a renegade. I'm even worse. I don't even buy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is, uh, this is a song from News of the World from 1977. The song is called It's Late. Talk about a guy that's carved out his own sound. Yeah, yeah. so I was going to say, you, you hear that sound, you're like, oh, that's Brian that's May. Brian May. <laughs> and he he uses the amps that the Beatles used in their first couple of years, the Vox AC30s. And wow. he'll chain together a couple of different ones in a row and have a like a little bit of a uh, delay. And he uses completely dry, like no reverb. And, and he's got that guitar that he and his dad built yeah. out of the mantle of a 200-year-old fireplace. And he still uses it. Still uses it. That you could your first guitar, it would be perfectly intonated. That that to me is just <laughs> fucking mind blowing. <laughs> all right, here's what we're gonna do. Let's all play one more, and then Gilly brought his axe. All I right. I don't know what I'm gonna play though, because I it's like I need to play over something, and Noodle. I would need a little time. Can, can't you? Just, you brought yes. it. You, yes. what, you you brought it without being ready to play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems odd. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you could ask me a question, like, you know, how to... I thought you were just going to riff out with us. Play I'll have a couple questions when he has it. Okay. All right. What, like, what, what is your question going to be? The, why, the, why does it what, sound why so you bad? Suck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wear, take off the boxing gloves, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't bring, like, any effects. It's just the driest sound that uh, that you could have. Well, the I guitar just looks amazing. What, what's that guitar? Tell everybody. It's a, it's a reissue of the classic Les Paul Um it's from the Gibson uh, Custom Shop, and so it's got the closest thing to the original sounding PAF pickups that 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 you can get without buying uh, an original. And it just sounds so great. One of the things that makes a Les Paul guitar uh, so great is 
instead of the neck being screwed in, mm-hmm. it's set in and glued in so that the the body vibrates a lot longer. You get more sustained. Kind of like what Nigel Tufnell yeah. says. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> can go out and have a bite have to eat a bite and come back. Come back and and say, what? That is, when it's glued in, couldn't you couldn't you break it? Uh, no, because it, it's there's a. I mean, you can always break a guitar neck if you drop it. Yeah. Well, but, Paul Stanley breaks one yeah, every night. Pete Townsend yes. too. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's set into a a, a, a good joint. There's okay. a there's a right. it's it's there. Nobody has improved on guitar making since that, really, <laughs> other than locking it, tuners. It's kind of crazy that Pete Townsend would break a guitar. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Well, that was that's what was so rebellious about it at the start. Yeah. yeah, and then it became a cliche that you know. Yeah, but he was not breaking. Uh, thankfully, Les Paul, because there was only the 58 to 60, there was only 2,000 of them made. They were a dud uh, mm-hmm. when it came to sales. And then Mike Bloomfield discovered how great the sustain was, especially when you took uh, a lot of the treble out. Mm-hmm. And that's when Eric Clapton talks about the woman tone. Uh, have you ever heard him no. talk no, I've about that? That's that. the, uh, I've heard him say some things recently, yeah, but not about the yeah. woman tone. Uh, it's the sound of a, of a Les Paul uh, through a Marshall with a lot of the... Uh, I'll show you when I, when mm. I turn the, uh, the amp on kind of what he's talking about. Yeah, maybe Eric Clapton spends more time figuring out how to keep those windows locked. Oh, and, uh, oh, <laughs> oh. Although I'm here a year after, because when there was a riot in my neighborhood... At yeah. the first week of June last year, uh-huh. I was recording here. Oh, okay. Remember, I kept looking at my phone. It's like, I think I should probably go back <laughs> home like, right yeah, now. just stay. And now there was a big anti-mask vaccine um, protest going on right now. Yeah. And so I'm going to check the news after that. Mm. I might be hanging out in your uh, in your place. Speaking of Eric Clapton, that's what mm. I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, stay I, here as long as you want. Even before, with I, you know, I'm not playing him on principle today. But I was never that big of a fan, only because. Uh, the blues, I think, I was just found him boring. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guitarists do feel like um, he, you know, there was that whole Clapton is God thing, and then a review came out in the Rolling Stone, uh, and they s- essentially said that he, you know, bases his whole thing on uh, worn out blues cliches, and he said he almost passed out. He was. <laughs> It just hit him so hard that <laughs> that criticism. Wow! Um, but I would agree he's not somebody I really listen to uh, anymore. But the solo from Crossroads, ah, I was going to say that is one of the greatest solos ever. And interesting tidbit: he starts on the uh, instead of the downbeat, mm-hmm. he came in a half a beat late, and so by accident or on purpose. Mm-hmm. By accident. Okay. And so it has this kind of totally different feel to it than he was normally playing, but it's, you know, happy accident. The Crossroads one was the one I would, if I was going to ring any, that would have been the one. Yeah. But you brought some people from Canada. I did. I did. And this is the last one I had on my wall. Yeah. And uh, my first concert still. And uh, speaking of Kirk Hammett, in the Rush documentary, he cites this song as a real huge influence of the way it starts really slow and then builds and goes back mm. and so this is i don't know la via, la via oh, strangiato i fucking love this song it's so amazing and, yeah. but speaking of posters on the wall i had a Jimi hendrix tapestry in my bedroom and my dad came in one day and noticed it and he goes take that goddamn thing down and i was like what's the big deal my dad worked for an insurance company okay he goes we lost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to that man 
he was his life insurance was with my dad's oh. company. <laughs> the company my dad worked for. Like three days later, I put it back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Rush. This is Alex Lifeson. such great tone yeah i just yeah. love that tone it's not too distorted it's just distorted enough that it, i mean he loved his effects but yeah you know i always used them correctly i think <laughs> he was never a guy that i thought hid behind effects no no right. <laughs> he, he embraced them <laughs> yeah all right here's uh we talked about this guy earlier he's got the giant hands he's got the heavy gauge uh strings and this is uh stevie ray vaughn and it, this is so, um, I can't talk. What happened to me? I just can't <laughs> form a sentence. This is David Bowie's Let's Dance. Oh, right. And the yeah. solo is Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'll be editing that. First time a lot of people ever heard of him. Yeah. I love that he's not overplaying. He's no, just no, it's, servicing the song. Yeah, it's just kind of simple. I know he's one of Paul's favorites. I'm surprised he didn't bring one of his in. He's one of those guys that there's too many to choose from, and they're all great. So <laughs> it, it would it would just been too hard. If you would ask for a guitarist, you know, like top seven guitarist, uh-huh. he would have he definitely would have been, been. Number yeah. seven? Number seven. <laughs> bring it up the bottom. <laughs> you going to plug this thing in? Yeah, I don't know what the... What, uh, you know, when Wayne Fetterman brings an instrument here, he's ready to go. <laughs> he, he, he knows what he's going to do. Well, this is exciting. I know. I've never been in with, uh, you know, live music. You've never been here when someone's played live? No. You had Heather Stewart in here, right? She played. Uh, who else has played? Uh, Ricky Warwick's played. Um, my favorite one was when I had... Uh, Vicky Peterson and those v- guys? Vicky Peterson, Bill Moomy, and John Cowsill. That was incredible. And it was just me and them. <laughs> Look at this. Is that too loud? No. Wait, what, what, am I too old? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't, I don't need headphones. No, I don't think you need uh, headphones. The, uh, well, for instance, here's this... That's just a kind of middle pickup... Average Les Paul sound. I like we're getting a guitar lesson. And then the woman tone is this Now that sound. strum you did, it sounded like a... Dun, 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 dun. It's very ladylike. Mm-hmm. 
the My Sharona thing. See how it's just two of the same. Yeah, you say that and it sounds simple, but for me, I'm like, <laughs> what is he? I, Although they're probably playing it. It's like magic to me when I watch anyone play an instrument. I don't know. I never learned that song. I knew how to play uh, something on one string. Hi, here's 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 Pilar Alessandra. Come on in, honey. No, not too loud. It's just a reminder about you know your girlfriend downstairs at the pool. We've been. How much does she hate us right now? <laughs> well, we're gonna come down in five minutes and uh, make some food. Hi, Pilar. <laughs> what were those three chords that every song has? Uh, every rock song. Probably G. Probably D. A G. Yeah. D A G. F C. See? Look at that. He makes it simple. <laughs> makes it seem so easy. In my youth. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that was Journey. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Now, Noodle. Noodle like Neil Sean oh, wishes I he I could. I can't play like him. <laughs> uh, maybe a little David Gilmore kind of, uh,. Bend in their strings. <laughs> Give us one right. Like if you were like if you were at your house and you're just uh-huh. fooling around, it's different from when you have an audience. It is. It is. Give us one because I would have music pl- that I would be playing playing to. with, uh, playing along with. How's it? How's it? feel so so uh naked okay we 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 can stop we can stop let's wrap it up let's wrap it up uh paul where can people find you on the interwebs uh metal illness happy hour podcast at metalpod.com uh or whatever where are you on twitter uh at mentalpod and what about Instagram? At MetalPod. All right. Mike Siegel, tell us where you are. Uh, funny Mike on Twitter, the Travel Tales Podcast.com, and wherever you get your podcast, Travel Tales Podcast. All right. Uh, and Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. All right. And my dry bar comedy specials out there. Yeah, come on. Can we watch that for free yet, or are we still got to buy it's it? It's on YouTube. YouTube, you can watch, watch it, it for YouTube. free. But, you know, they need views on there. I get, you know, yeah. something for if, that. If too. you get views, Mike gets uh, some channeling. Yeah. Check it out. Fun, clean for the whole family. We are at uh, Rock Solid Show. Uh, you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the podcast. And with that, thank you, Paul, for being here after six years and noodling. Mike, always uh, great to have that you here. That was a good time. And I guess the playout song, since, Paul, you're not going to do a playout song for us, right? Per se? I, 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 
I'm on the spot. I can't think. All right. Think of what I would oh, play. shout out to uh, Terry Kath, our friend oh, Terry Kath from Chicago, who yeah. was amazing. Yep. Uh, I forgot so, to include so many, him. I mean, so many great guys. Yeah, there's about uh, 10 guys I forgot to. Yeah, a million people. Mm-hmm. We could do a, another round of this easily. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use for the playout song. It's one of my favorite songs of all time Steely Dan, Reeling in the Years. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to... I don't like it.